Hey guys, welcome to the Drone Horizon podcast. I'm Alex and today I'm joined by Danny McGee. Danny, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, yeah, so my name is Danny McGee. I am a photographer slash filmmaker currently in Colorado right now, um, which is where I grew up, but I spend most of my time kind of hopping between Colorado and LA because um, LA is where my van is currently parked in my friend's driveway right now. Um, and yeah, I spent a lot of time traveling internationally, obviously the past eight or nine months or whatever has been mostly just the States. Um, that's part of the reason why I built out the van, but yeah, I do a bunch of work for different clients, um, done work for DJI, for Red Bull, Google, um, a bunch of different freelance clients, which kind of gives me the ability to kind of be wherever, um so yeah i fly normal drones fpv drones are my new obsession like ever since i started flying them i like very rarely fly um standard like typical older dji drones um but with certain jobs i have to so um yeah that's kind of a little bit about myself um i do sometimes shoot on a regular sony camera but uh drones are way more fun so most of my work kind of revolves around that Cool. Well, thanks for taking time out of your uh, morning to be with us today. Um, as always, we've asked you to send over three shots. Um, we'll start by talking about the one from Puerto Rico. So what's the story behind it? Yeah, so that one, that was taken back in 2018, I think. Um, and what I was doing there was I was filming a documentary about the effects of Hurricane Maria. Um, Hurricane Maria happened about a year before we were there filming and it was just still like it, it looked like the storm had happened like the week before um puerto rico is just it's part of the u.s but it's definitely a place that really feels like you're in a different country um and so i was working with a group that sends missionaries down there just to kind of show like how puerto rico is um, and help get more help down there uh, but yeah, so we had, we were there for a week and we had like two free days um, that I planned out to just go around the island and shoot. And um, the reason why I like that shot so much is because it was like super unplanned. Um, we we're on the west side of the island and we had this spot that we really wanted to go to. And it was just like rainy, cloudy, just like was not, was not looking good. So we just sat in the car for a while, like wondering what we we're going to do. And I got on Google maps and just started like searching around the Island, looking for random cool things, um, especially for drones. Like looking on Google maps is such a good little hack to just try and find cool shots. Um, so anyways, like 20 minutes later, I happened upon this really cool looking, um, what it ended up being was pineapple fields, but I found this really cool area and um, we just decided to send it. So we drove like an hour back to central Puerto Rico and um, drove past this little guard station. They were really confused on what we were doing, um, but drove past this little guard station, got in like among the pineapple fields and then just threw the drone up and it turned out being a really awesome sunset. Um, so yeah, I just, I really like that shot just because it was so unexpected. Um, it was shot on a, I think it was the Mavic 2, if it was out. It was either the Mavic 1 or the Mavic 2 Pro. Cool. Well, it's interesting you say that with that one, it was an unplanned shot. A couple of the other guys that I've done the podcast with, it seems to be a reoccurring theme that people are aiming to go to particular places and end up taking a shot 
on the way, which was never sort of an intended shot almost and that ends up being one of their favorites so it's interesting you say that this wasn't somewhere that you'd necessarily originally thought to go it was sort of like a spare of the moment thing yeah yeah i think it all has to do with expectations um even if you're you like see a spot on instagram and you're like so excited to go there because it's so sick you just like hype it up crazy in your head to the point where even if it's like the coolest place ever it's not going to live up to that hype so on the other hand of things, like if you don't expect anything, but all of a sudden you get this sick shot, it's like, yeah, it's way more rewarding. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a really lovely shot. You've got some really nice sort of warm tones going through it, especially with the trees as well. Um, so you say this was a sunrise shot or sunset, sorry. Sunset, yeah. Sunset, yeah. It's a really, really lovely shot. With this shot, obviously it's a, it's more of a portrait orientation. Was this something that you've taken horizontal shots and stitched them together in Lightroom or was this taken as a portrait shot on the original Mavic? I think now that I'm thinking about it, I think it was the Mavic one and I think it was, I think it was um, portrait shot. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the great things about the, the original Mavic. Obviously you've got the, the opportunity to be able to, to take the portrait shots with it rather than just having to go horizontals and stitch them when you get home. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they would do that with the new drones, but they haven't yet. Well, that, I think that's one of the rumored features for the Mavic three. Really? Yeah. I've seen, I've seen a couple of uh, rumored pictures and it looks like it's got the same kind of camera design as the original Mavic, like the round one. So hopefully they'll be able to spin it rather than it being sort of more boxy, like the Hasselblad sensor. Yeah, that would be amazing. I use that so much. It's it's weird. Like our world is so vertically oriented. Like I try to force myself to take horizontal photos, but when almost every place you're going to be sharing is vertical, like it's it's just so tempting to film everything vertical and shoot everything vertical. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then on to the second picture that you've sent over. It's from Lombok Island. Do you want to tell us about that one? Yeah, so that one was... The reason I like that shot is not the coolest shot in the whole world, but that shot was taken on my first like big trip that I ever went on. Um, I never did any international travel when I was growing up. Like the first, when I graduated high school, I finally um, did an international trip. I went to Germany and then Iceland and that kind of got me hooked on travel. And at the same time I was getting into photography then. Um, so yeah, just like, I went on that trip after high school, came back and I was already enrolled in school and college and everything, went to a year of college and just all I could think about was traveling and taking photos. So after that year, I was like, screw this, I can't do this anymore and dropped out and then started working like, I think I worked three different jobs um, for like six months or so, saved up all the money I could and then headed off to Asia had no idea what I was doing. Like didn't have anyone out there. It was totally solo. I tried to convince friends to come, but they just were like, no, why, why are you going to Asia? Like I got stuff to do, but I was like, no, like it's going to be awesome. I'm going to travel and take photos. And anyways, I ended up going and, um, that was one of the last stops on my trip. Um, I did Thailand, Myanmar, and then Indonesia. And yeah, it was just this little small island. It's called Lombok in Indonesia. Um, it's right next to Bali. So it's super close. Um, you can take a boat, you can take a plane, but it's really like low key. There's like not many tourists at all. And every single beach you see is like the most beautiful beach you've ever seen in your life. And there's just nobody on it. Um, it's like 
such a beautiful island and it's just you feel like you're, you're there on your own um so anyways that was shot definitely on my mavic one and yeah it was just one of those beaches we found cruising around one day um just with a friend that i met traveling so um yeah that's why that photo is super special to me um i keep going back to lombok i've been back like two or three times since then um and it, it really is like one of my favorite places i've been so is that you just going back specifically to Lombok Island or have you gone back to Asia since then and sort of traveled more throughout Asia? Um, I've done a little bit of Asia since then. I had, I did a job where we were in Thailand, Cambodia, and then the Philippines. And then I went back again with a friend and did Thailand and Indonesia. And then just Bali specifically, I've been back three or four times in the past couple of years. Um, whether it's for jobs or just meeting up with friends. Um, Indo is just awesome. I don't know if you've been, but it's just like everything is so cheap. There's just beautiful beaches and mountains and volcanoes um, all over the place and just so many cool people there. So, yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a fun spot. Um, what was it like sort of traveling on your own? Because that's like from from obviously this side of the this side of Europe, we tend to, with that kind of thing, you, it's very rare that people go to Asia or on their own like that's quite a daunting aspect especially because it's such a long way from sort of the UK so what what was that like for you sort of traveling on your own um well, in the beginning it was terrifying like I remember just getting getting like flying into Bangkok the first time and I bought a one-way ticket and I had like four and a half months or something um before I was planning on going home and I just remember being on the flight like what am I doing right now? Like, I don't know anyone here. I don't like, yeah, I like this whole photography travel thing, but like the idea of just traveling around alone is so scary. Um, so it was, it was really scary at first. Um, but landed, obviously got super confused at the airport, took me forever to find my hostel, but eventually made it to the hostel and like right away, like the hack for traveling on your own is just stay in hostels. Um, it's like, yeah, you're sharing a room with like four other people who are snoring or I don't know, making a bunch of loud noises at 2 a.m. But you meet so many cool people. Like there's like a five minute gap where I was just feeling totally alone and scared and everything. And then all of a sudden you're in this community of people who are in the same situation as you. Um, so I actually met this dude. His name was Boris. He's from the Netherlands. And we met my first day there and then we ended up traveling for like two months together, just some random person that I just met. Um, so what's cool about solo travel is you're, you're never alone unless you want to be. Um, and you can pick literally wherever you want to go. Like if one day I woke up, I was like, I want to fly to Cambodia. I could like, you're not on anyone else's schedules. You have no, no one else's opinion to, to get or anything. Um, and there's, there's so many cool people to meet. Um, it's just really easy in like the hostile situation, um, to meet people. So it's scary in the beginning. Um, uh, but as soon as you kind of open yourself up and start talking to people, it, it's like totally different experience. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as I say, it must be quite refreshing to be able to just sort of drop everything and do whatever it is that you want to be doing, especially as you're not having to rely on other people. Um, and with Asia as well, obviously being so big, having that flexibility of, oh, I want to stay here for a little bit longer or, I, you know, I've decided to move on kind of thing. You've got the opportunity to be able to do that rather than sort of being feeling like you're being held back almost. Yeah. And you, you just meet so many cool people from all over, like 
I think I got back from Asia in May or something. Um, it was like January through May of 2017. And I met so many cool friends and there's so many Europeans traveling there. So that August I flew to Europe and like stayed with all the friends that I met in Asia. And yeah, I got to see like all kinds of cool European countries. Um, and my friends were able to show me around their towns and it was, it was really cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then looking at your last picture, this one's at the Dead Sea. Do you want to talk us through this one? Yeah, so that one was taken, I think, in 20, probably at the end of 2018. Um, and the reason I like that one was because, first off, the people I was with, uh, I have these friends from Israel that um, I've known for years. Actually, one of them, his name is Eden. I met in Indonesia on that first trip where I took that photo. Um, just ran, We just randomly ran into each other. Um, but yeah, so I was good friends with him. And then he introduced me to this other guy, Dan, and like his whole friend group. And they were all from Israel. And I had met up with them a couple of times when they came to the States. Um, and they were always just like, you got to come to Israel. You got to come to Israel. You got to come to Israel. And so finally, a couple of years ago, I ended up going out in like November. Um, and it was amazing. Like that country is so, the history there is so cool. And just having those friends to just show me around, show me the food, show me all the places. Um, we went camping out in the desert and there was just like so many stars. Like it was, it was, it was a really cool experience. So yeah, not only the people I was with, but that spot is just like wild. It looks like something out of like Naruto or something. Um, yeah. It's this, I actually don't know. I don't think it's man-made, um, but yeah, it's this little island and someone planted a tree on there and every day they paddle out and they put soil on the bottom of that tree. So the tree that's sitting out there is, it's alive. It doesn't look like it, but it's alive. And yeah, it's just like a really crazy wild place. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's my third favorite one. Yeah, I mean, it definitely looks like the. I when you sent the shot over, I was like, it almost looks like it's been photoshopped on. But <laughs> I suppose, obviously, as you're saying that they sort of take the soil out there, that's quite a dedication just for a tree. Yeah, yeah, I did. That's that's the story, at least. Um, I didn't see the dude paddling out, but that's what I was told. So, is that you in the shot, or is that someone that you were sort of traveling with at the time, or is that just someone completely unrelated? Uh, so that's me in the shot. Yeah. My friend Eden that I was telling you about, he's the one who took that shot. Um, and yeah, I just like, he's already swam out there and the dead sea is like, it's, it, it gets in your eyes and gets on your lips. And it's like, it's like acid, like it burns your skin and he's already swam out there. So he was like, dude, I'm, there's no way I'm going out there. I was like, dude, but, but I really want to get this photo. He's like, I'll take the photo. You swim out there. So I swam out there. Um, and the dead sea is cool. Like it's so, um, there's so much salt in it that you like float above the surface. It feels like, um, but anyways, yeah, I, I swam out there and stood on there. Yeah. Cool. Um, so obviously when you've been traveling and that kind of thing, you've mentioned that you've sort of been traveling quite a lot for work and that kind of thing. Um, what do you normally take with you in terms of kit? You know, what kind of backpack do you use? What kind of cases and what drones do you take with you? Um, so usually I travel around with an F-stop. I think it's a Lotus bag. Um, it's really cool because it has this interchangeable like camera module. Um, I usually travel around with that. It's actually in LA right now. I tried a new backpack for a couple weeks. It's just like too small of a backpack. So I, I think I'm going to get my F-stop again. Um, 
but I usually use that as a bag. And then as far as traveling around now, most of my stuff is FPV. Um, I actually sold my Mavic two pro and got a Mavic two air because there's definitely jobs where I need like a traditional drone, not an FPV. So I travel around with that. And then I have a Sony a seven three as my main photo, um, DSLR camera, uh, GoPro hero nine. Now that that's come out. And then the rest of my stuff is FPV. I have a couple different FPV drones. This one is a Cinewoop. It's like just a smaller drone. It's got these prop guards. So it's way better for flying close to people and in close quarters. Because if I was like flying this drone, which is my five inch right next to someone, it would be way sketchier. And this drone would really mess someone up if it hit them. So um, it's good to have both and just like, yeah, this is, these are my two FPV drones. Um, and I fly on the DJI FPV system. Cool. Is that another FPV one behind you as well? This one? Yeah, that's my first, um, that's my first FPV drone, RIP. It, it's totally destroyed. <laughs> How did that happen? Um, I like, when I was first getting into FPV, I kind of like forgot that the batteries only last four minutes or so. So I was just having a blast flying it around and it was like 300 feet up or something. And all of a sudden it just started dropping and I was like, what's going on? And I tried the, the controls. It wasn't doing anything because the battery had just died. So from like 300 feet up, I just see this black dot just slowly going towards the neighbor's house and it just boom, just like disappeared behind it. Didn't hear like a crazy thud or anything. So we're pretty sure that it didn't hit the roof, which was good. But then I ran down and it was like embedded into their yard like this. Um, so yeah, needless to say, almost everything was broken. So I just hung it up on the wall. <laughs> so it's there as a reminder of, of previous times. Yeah. 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 I got a couple drones up on the walls. Um, yeah. I think I'm on my ninth FPV drone or something like that. Wow. Well, it's obviously something that you're, you're enjoying doing. I mean, I don't know anyone that flies FPV, so it's interesting to sort of hear your perspective on it and that kind of thing. Um, I mean, the first time that I came across your profile was when DJI posted that uh, one-shot video that you did. Um, I think it was for a client. It was sort of somewhere tropical, and you almost you fly through a hotel room and then down and sort of across a pool. Do you want to talk us through that shot? Yeah. So, so we were down there. That was my first international trip, um, since February and me and I think eight, I think it was a total of eight of us were down working for the tourism board in Cabo. So we were just shooting a bunch of content, doing a bunch of adventuring all for the tourism board there for them to use for marketing, um, just to try and get tourists again. Cause obviously the like tourist economies all over the world are just totally destroyed right now. Um, so yeah, we were there to kind of help promote that Cabo is open and it's safe again. And we were staying in this hotel. It's called Casa Dorada. Um, it was this really cool hotel kind of overlooking the beach and the room that we ended up getting was right on the corner. So as soon as I got there, I knew I wanted to do an FPV shot just because of the open layout. I knew that I could get a line that would just like really be able to show off the hotel. Um, so it was like, I think like the fifth day or something, um, we didn't have anything scheduled in the morning. So I was like, yo, you guys got to come over to my room tomorrow morning and we got to get this shot. Um, so 
yeah, just opened all the doors and kind of staged everyone throughout. Um, like a couple of my friends were like cheersing with coffee and it was just a fun shot. Like it, it was just kind of like supposed to be cliche and just funny. Um, it's kind of funny cause I ended up getting a bunch of shit about that. And when DJ, I shared it just because like it was cheesy, but that's kind of what I was going for. So it was just, it was a super fun shot to put together. Um, but yeah, I like to do these master shots with just a bunch of people. So it started out, I had, um, someone walking through the hotel room and then it went over them with coffee and then down through the pool. Um, I had my friend Parker dive in and then staged a couple more people out by the water. Um, and what's cool about FPV is like, the reason I like it so much is because with one shot, you can show like the huge big picture of everything. And then just because you have so much controllability, you can get super close to people, fly through hotel rooms and just like show everything about a place. Um, and luckily the room that we got was perfect for that. Um, so I flew the Cinewoop on that one. Yeah. Well, you were saying obviously that you were out there almost for, for work at that point. Is the sort of drone work that you do is is that what you do as a full I say full time but is that sort of what you do 90% of the time for work or do you have another job and sort of photography and droning is sort of on the side of that um it's my full time it's been I haven't had a quote-unquote normal job since I've, it's probably been like three and a half years three and a half four years um been doing this full time just kind of working freelance for different companies um just in the past year and a half or so I've really dived into YouTube, which has been awesome. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a full-time job. And in the past, a lot of it's been drone work combined with Sony, but a lot of my recent work is FPV, which is really fun. So did you first sort of get into FPV, FPV, sorry, as a result of there being sort of a need for the work or was it something that you got into and then sort of people started picking up on your skills and then decided to, you know, use you for shoots and that kind of thing? In the beginning, it was just because I wanted to. I just saw like Johnny FPV's videos and stuff. And I was like, holy shit, this is insane. How do I do this? Um, so I got into it for that reason. But in the back of my mind, I definitely knew. Um, I definitely knew that there was a big market for it just because the shots are so unique. And just being in like the videography, photography world for so long, just having unique shots and being able to do things that most people can't do is a really, really unique skill. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a combination of both reasons. Um, and it definitely has paid off so far. Um, yeah, like like I said, the majority of the jobs that I get now are, are FPV. So how did you sort of first get into doing it I say full-time but obviously how did you sort of step into doing photography and droning as a full-time as full-time work did that sort of come from a sort of a hobby initially obviously you mentioned that you were sort of into photography when you first went to Asia when you came back from that was were you sort of doing it a little bit on the side and then decided to sort of almost go full freelance and then go from there how did it sort of come to fruition yeah so um how that, so I got I was hooked on it when I first went to Iceland, like I said, right after high school. Um, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I didn't have any clue how to do it at all, but I just knew that I saw people doing it on Instagram. I saw people traveling around, going to cool places, making these incredible videos. And I knew that that's, that I would be able to figure it out. Like if someone else has been able to figure it out, like I can definitely do it. Um, I just had no idea how. 
So, like I said, I went to one year of school. I absolutely hated it. And then after that, when I dropped out, I was like, definitely, I just made the decision. Like, I'm going to figure out how to make this work no matter what. So um, I saved up money, like I said. And then when I set out on Asia, that was like the building blocks of my career is kind of how I look at it. Because I, during that trip, I was not only like trying to meet people and build my network and just kind of get to know more people that were actually doing it. But it was also really working on my video editing, my shooting and everything. Um, so for the first two months of that trip, I did daily vlogs, which were such a grind. Like it was, it was filming all day. And then as soon as all the friends that I met just wanted to go out and chill, drink beers, walk around, I was always stuck in the hostel room, just on my computer editing. Um, so it was a grind, but you can definitely see like how those early vlogs and stuff built up my skills to where I can then like offer clients, like, look, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Um, so yeah, it was, it was building up my skills as well as building up my network. Um, and the cool part about it was like, I spent way less money traveling around Asia just like having a blast than I did at school. And I feel like I learned way more during, during that trip. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a conscious decision. Like I'm going to make this work. I just don't know how. Um, but since that trip, it just kind of snowballed from doing small gigs here and there, a few hundred bucks, a few hundred bucks here, a few hundred bucks there, and then just kind of got bigger and bigger clients um, and then started kind of branching out to, to other stuff. So um, yeah, it was slow at first, but it was definitely one of those things where I like set out to do it. And I knew I'd figure it out. Like it's, it's like any career. Like if you put the time and effort in, you're going to make it happen. You just have to put those steps in. Definitely. So with the brands that obviously you work with, obviously you mentioned at the beginning that you've done stuff for sort of DJI and Google, those kind of caliber. With the brands that you work with now, was it a case of them getting in contact with you or was it a case of you sort of going to them and saying, this is what I can do? You know, have you got any work almost? Um, it's a... It's a combination of the both for sure. Um, Google, they reached out to me um, for a campaign for their Pixel. And then I sort of pitched them on doing a couple different videos uh, for their, they, they sent me a tablet at one point and I was like, yo, this thing is sick. I'd love to do a video. And they were like, oh yeah, we're potentially interested, but no, nothing ever came for, from it. So I was like, screw this. I'm just going to make this video and then sell it to them later because I knew it was going to be really good. So I made this video. It was just like about how the pixel is like integrated into my editing process and everything. Sent it to them and said, yo guys, do you want to buy this video now? And they were like, yeah, sure. This is sick. This is awesome. Um, so it's definitely one of those careers where you have to kind of go out and work for stuff. Um, but there's definitely a lot of cases too, where I've put in enough groundwork where brands will reach out to me. Um, DJI, that specific example, I, I just developed a connection with their social media guy. Um, he is like, um, yeah, he, he, I got in touch with him through a friend and then I hit him up and obviously DJI has so many people hitting them up all the time, but I just sent him a bunch of my stuff and it was just like, Hey, I'd love to work together at some point. Here's my stuff. And just kind of over the course of like a year, year and a half or so developed that relationship and then he had an opportunity for a paid job. So he came to me. Um, but yeah, nowadays it's probably like, I don't know. It's probably 50, 50 where like I reach out to people or they reach out to me. But in the beginning, it was like seriously grinding, like 20 emails a day, like all these different companies just 
Like nobody's going to find you basically in the beginning. So do you ever sort of turn down jobs or are you sort of quite open-minded as to what you'll take on? Obviously you've mentioned that you've worked for Google in, in terms of working with the pixel. Obviously that's quite a different kind of work to the travel photography and the stuff that you've obviously sent over. So is there sort of a line where you'll sort of not work with certain brands because it's not sort of your ideas that would work with it, if that makes sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I definitely like every time that comes around, like either the brand just isn't going to resonate with my audience or I'm just way too busy at the moment. I definitely think there's a lot of value in saying no. Um, and I'm feel, I feel super grateful to even be able to do that. Cause in the beginning, the first couple of years, like I had to say yes to absolutely everything, no matter what it is. Um, <laughs> like one of, my, one of my first big paid projects, I was shooting this humid or it was a diffuser, like a central oil diffuser, like this big ass, like humidifier looking thing. Um, they sent me like four of them. They're like, yo, we want you to take pictures of these in front of waterfalls. And I was like, I don't, I don't know how this is going to work. Like, how am I going to pack these things out? So anyways, like they were paying money. So I was like, okay, I have to figure this out. So I had a backpack, huge backpack full of humidifiers. And I was hiking all these waterfalls, like taking pictures in front of them. Um, whereas like now I probably would turn down that job. Cause I was, I'd just be like, guys, like this is logistically isn't going to make sense. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely a line. Um, also the type of projects too, um, like I will not do any more weddings. I like weddings pay really well. Um, uh, but I just kind of had a bad experience the last one that I did. So I will not do weddings anymore. Um, I only want to do stuff that I am really passionate about. Cause if I'm not passionate about it, the video isn't going to be as good and the client isn't going to be as happy. Um, so yeah, it's one of those things where if, as long as you find the right clientele, um, and kind of build up that base in the beginning, then you can kind of diversify or not diversify, just like hone in on your niche and what you like to do. I suppose when you start working for brands that maybe aren't your kind of interest, it becomes more like a job and less like an enjoyment. Um, obviously with working with brands that you do enjoy and working for sort of travel and tourism, that kind of thing, it gives you the opportunity to go to places and you enjoy it a lot more than sort of something that you have to that you're doing because you have to rather than something that you would do sort of anyway. And then as a bonus, you're getting paid for. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's, especially being in, in LA, like there's plenty of friends that live there that wake, make way more money than me, but they are stressed out all the time. Like they have no free time. They, they can't ever travel. They can't do anything that they want to do. Whereas me, like I definitely make enough, um, to just be comfortable, be happy and only work on the stuff that I'm passionate about, which I would way rather have that. Um, because then at that point it becomes like an, a normal job again, that you're just showing up because of the paycheck, which is not why I started this at all. The reason that I got into it was because I really genuinely loved it. Um, so yeah, it's always a balance kind of just like not losing that initial kind of motivation for doing it. Sure. And obviously with COVID this year, obviously you mentioned that you moved from LA to Colorado. Is Did you have sort of any big travel plans this year that have been postponed till next year? Or have, did you not really have anything planned and you've just sort of traveled the, the US? Um, yes, I had a bunch of stuff planned. Um, I, I, probably the biggest one was a trip to Greenland. Um, 
we, me and my friend Jonah, he, we met through social media. Um, and he's actually the one that, um, I stay with when I'm out in LA, my van's parked in his driveway. Um, he's a super talented filmmaker. And last September we filmed a pilot for a series that we want to produce. It's called far and wide. That's basically about like traveling to these far off remote places around the world. So we filmed the pilot in Mongolia edited it, got it all ready. Um, it's about a 25 minute long episode, just about our trip there. Um, and just kind of like, we lived with these Eagle hunters for like 10 days. Um, so it's just a really cool, like look inside their lives. Um, but anyways, we wanted to do the second episode in Greenland and obviously that was canceled. Um, and on top of that, we had a a deal with a distributor, um, this TV network that was going to show our episodes, but when COVID, um, first happened, they're like, yeah, we can't do this anymore. So now we're just releasing them on YouTube. Um, so we're not making any money from it and we're hoping we can just like get enough like viewership to be able to make the next one. Um, but yeah, we're just sick of sitting on it. So we're, we're going to post it. Um, so yeah, Greenland was definitely a big one, but to be honest, it's been fun exploring the States. Um, there's a lot to see here. There's so many different landscapes. Um, I, in the beginning of quarantine, I ended up building out a van. It took like two months. Um, like the one I was talking about that's parked in LA and we cruised around through Utah, Colorado, Arizona, California. We went up to the Pacific Northwest. Um, and it was, it was definitely tricky with COVID just with all the regulations, but there's a lot to see in the U S. So if anything, the, the whole pandemic was a really good excuse to explore the States. And it makes you appreciate what you've got sort of within driving distance as well, rather than always sort of traveling. I, I guess, obviously, with work and that kind of thing, you're you're traveling because that's what the client wants. But it's almost an excuse for you to explore what's around you and appreciate what you've got, as I say, within driving distance kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um. So have you got any sort of advice for guys that are sort of just starting out in their photography and droning careers? Yeah, I would say one of the biggest things is just if you don't ask for the opportunity, the opportunity isn't going to come to you. Um, like, for example, um, if you want to get into real estate photography or videography, you have to go out. You have to you have to email like 100 realtors. Just be like, yo, I'll come out. I'll shoot your place for free. Um and we'll see where it goes. Or if you want to get into shooting cars, you have to go out and you have to email a bunch of dealerships and you have to go, Hey, I'd love to shoot your cars. I'll do it for free for the first one. And you just have to super proactively go out and reach out to places. Um, that, and just trusting in that things are going to happen if you keep working hard. Um, it's definitely one of those careers that there's not a step-by-step plan. Um, we, just how society is kind of based. It's like step by step by step. It's like you go to kindergarten, then first grade, then second grade, then you go to college. And then it's just every step by step, but building your own business isn't like that at all. It's like, you're doing a million different steps at the same time. And you don't know which direction is going to work out. You might go this direction and hit a brick wall. And then you have to go back. You have to go this way and be like, Oh, this is working. So I'm going to go this way a little bit more. It's like, a totally different process than what we're used to. Um, but if you keep going, you keep moving, you keep pushing, um, things are going to happen and opportunities are going to present themselves. Um, it's especially tough right now with COVID. Um, but it's actually a really good time to just build your skills, 
work on your editing, um, just get creative. Um, so yeah, just, just keep working hard and, uh, yeah, opportunities aren't going to create themselves. So you just have to practically go out and get them. Cool. Well, thank you very much for taking time out of your day. Um, it's been really great chatting. Um, how can everybody find you on Instagram and obviously YouTube as well? Um, so on Instagram, my username is at McGee. And then YouTube, if you just search Danny McGee, I think my channel name is Danny McGee TV or something. Uh, but you just search Danny McGee, you can find me. Cool. Well, as I say, thank you for taking time out of your day. Um, it's been really great chatting. And yeah, take it easy. Yeah, thanks, man.